How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Absent Minded Podcast. Episode 56, in fact, recorded on July 2nd, 2020. I am one of your hosts, Travis Stockton, at Ray Charles Ard. With me, as always, on the other side of the internet is Andrew Crandall. Hey there, everybody. At Andrew Loves Video Games. And on the other, other side of the internet, we have with us today, Ethan Newbolt. Howdy, y'all. At Souls Bjorn. Which really, he's Mr. At Naughty Dog lately. <laughs> oh. Blowing through the Uncharted series. Yep. Except for the, the first one, because I've played that one a bunch. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like Dark Souls 1. You two, know, no one has to play it anymore. You do it once you're four, good. And then I'm also doing their, I started their newest one. Are you going to play Lost Legacy? I know we talked about that last week, but now that you finished Uncharted 4. How do I play that one again? Uh, I mean, you'd be able to play it the same way as you played The Last of Us Part 2. Or oh, are playing, uh, will play The Last nah, of Us Part 2. Yeah, I, I kind of liked how how it uh, wrapped up. Yeah, I don't, I don't need any more. What the Lost Legacy has nothing to do with Nathan Drake. Exactly. So you don't care. You, not, so, not okay, a, that, that Chloe, an interesting Chloe question. Wasn't really, you know. Would you be interested in a, a revitalization of the Uncharted franchise in the future? With, with if it doesn't ending, involve Nathan Drake, it's like with, a new, new like characters, with, with new the everything. character that we saw at the end. Maybe or just maybe not. Maybe just a whole new. It's mm. someone else. It's some other I, Uncharted. I would, I would prefer if they they stuck with the epilogue, but um, I mean, so I, as long as the, the or as you mean long you would as prefer the, to do her his daughter. Yeah, I I, I would. Gotcha. It would just it, there's so much found you know solid foundation there, but also if they stuck to the you know the main aspects of the game, the treasure hunting and the the climbing and the the nice shooting and the pacing of how I thought four went, I would be okay with like some new people as long as they, I liked them in the yeah. end. I don't know, man. I think you're missing out with that lost legacy. Maybe you'll change your mind. Eh. Maybe someday you'll, eh. you'll be in the, you'll be itching for a this new was like tale. A, it was a Vita game, right? No, it was a full fledged, uh, PS4 you, that game. was the one that was basically going to be DLC for four. <sighs> uh, golden abyss was the Vita game. Oh, and you, you do play Nathan. Drake I mean, in that if one. it's as polished as four is, more Wait, polished, I mean, honestly. Kinda. I, I, I really enjoyed four. I'd hate Five, to play some legacy is almost better in I'd some hate, aspects. I'd hate to like play more of of like uncharted stuff and it it spoil how I feel now. Yeah, no, I, I think just because like the nature of the story of Lost Legacy mm-hmm. and its development cycle, it's almost like more it's like more potent. It's yeah. like Uncharted condensed. Dude, the story with Uncharted Four hit me perfectly. The pirate, the pirate man, the pirate stuff was too good. Yeah. Oh, it was. I love that shit, man. Uncharted Four is a great game. Well, if you love that shit too, you got to head on over to AbsentMindedPodcast.com, where you can always find the latest episodes of the main show as well as our side series, Absentminded Watches, or. You can go there to leave us a voice message with a question, comment, or topic of discussion that we might play on the air, or to donate $1, $5, or $10 via the listener support program, or you can write into us at questions at absentmindedpodcast.com. So, Ethan, you finished Uncharted 4. What are your feelings? I know you just said you just loved it. It's a great game. But now that you've really taken it all in, uh, how do you feel about it versus the original trilogy? Do you do you think it's the best in the trilogy? What's your overall Absolutely. ranking now? Like, give me the, the give me, give me it, the good stuff. It probably would go 
four and then two and three are hard to to rank because I like two and three for different reasons. Uh, two has the better story, but three plays better. Um, but the story is just so boring. Um, and then I, I honestly don't even really remember one. I just remember it being, you know, great for its time. But the others have improved on what was there a lot. Yeah. So three's funny because I can't remember all the details, but exactly. you know, exactly. No, I mean, I mean the details of the story behind why three is funny. Uh, the character, uh, the bald guy, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. He's with you throughout like the first half of the game. He's like the new part of like your squad that's introduced. The British guy. Do you remember uh, what I'm talking about? Fuck. No. Hold on. Uncharted three British guy. I, if I said his name, <laughs> you'll remember. Uncharted three British guy. Charlie Cutter. Oh, yeah. Cutter. Cutter. He, yeah. I mean, he, he was uh, forgettable. Like he had he some just good- straight up disappears from like the second half of the game. And no, apparently, isn't he there? Isn't he? no, he's like gone. Like uh, they had to. I think I it was something like in the middle of development. Something happened with the voice actor. Yeah. Apparently, like he was unable to continue with production for one reason or another. And so they kind of had to like write him out of the rest of the the game. Does he die? And it like really affected the rest of the story. And so, the, and then they already had like all these big set pieces and stuff, like the big shipyard and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then they kind of had to make like new connective tissue to explain why you went to like these different areas and stuff. I need to look that back up because yeah. there's like there's said, definitely some development trouble for the three. One. Really opens up with like its gameplay and its its ability to like you can take different routes and stuff. But it's yeah, the just, shipyard actually, it's it, kind of like dude, the, kind of hints towards the more wide linear stuff in Uncharted so, Four. So all those different like derelict ships and stuff, mm-hmm. and all yeah, all the different ways you can sneak around and yeah. and get out of that area. And yeah, three definitely has some really some peak moments for mm-hmm. the series. I uh, I definitely enjoyed the Uncharted games, and they're great. I don't know. I think I disagree with you though, as far as whether or not I'd want to play with new characters. I would like a game where you play with Sam or not Sam. Um, what's his daughter's name? Uh, Uncharted Four spoilers, but you've had your chance now since like Connie? 2016. Cassie, Cassie. I think it Who's is Cassie? Cassie. I would love to play one where like, you know, because they give you all these hints where she's like walking around Drake's house. And seeing all of the artifacts they've acquired. Yeah, and she's on the cover of a magazine and saying that like treasure hunting runs in the blood. I would love a new game where she's like the protagonist and, you know, Sully still flies her around <laughs> and he's just getting older. Oh, my God. <laughs> by the time that game comes out, Sully's going to be looking like Fred Willard. <laughs> yeah. Sully'd be dead as hell by the time she's yeah. old enough. But to there's like there's like hints work. at um like Sam being with someone. Also, like there, he says something about like her, uh, Sam and another woman coming over. So there, you know, there's there's some stuff thought out there. So I would love them to continue on and her carry the torch, so to speak. Dude, there, there were so many rumors when Lost Legacy was still in development that it was going to be a Sam and Sully adventure. <laughs> yeah, the end. The end with them is pretty perfect. Honestly, it is. It's pretty good. The back and forth. But uh, so all of this gave you the itch to play The Last of Us Part Two yeah, man, a bit the, quicker four, than you thought. The story is just so good, and for the writing and everything, I just loved it. I just wanted more of that, like that voice act, the great voice acting that they have. The 
the the smoothness, the fluidity of the story and back and forth and the characters. And I just wanted more of that polish from from Naughty Dog. And yeah, so I started up uh, The Last of Us Part Two, which you guys have already finished. Um, I got to the part where uh, Ellie meets up with Je- or wakes up for with with uh, Jesse waking her up for the first time. And that's pretty much when I was like, OK, I got to eat dinner. So. Very early oh, on, basically, like you've just finished the prologue. Yeah, I got, the, I, I got, I saw the title screen basically. So, oh, the, no, okay, so you haven't even finished the prologue. My bad. Probably not. No, I don't think so. That's actually exactly where I got to today. Whenever I started my new game plus, like I, whenever I started my new game plus, I went in with the idea of just like, all right, I'm going to skip the cutscenes. I've already seen them, which is like nope, kind of what impossible. Ethan, what yeah, what Ethan was saying, <laughs> which is like the great voice acting and just how the story draws you in. I was just like, fuck it. I was like, fuck, they did it to me again, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm already invested. So I do have a question. I, I saw some interesting tips to like make the game more like less of a a button mashing with your, your inventory. I turned on auto loot, which I saw was like a, a nice tip that if you yeah, don't want to have the, that's one of the accessibility settings. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it just kind of made it like you still have to open the drawers and stuff. But I, th- I believe the character will will pick up stuff automatically if there's something in the drawer. And it just it I read that it made it a little less of a, a drag in certain points. So I was like, OK, this, but but also the amount of accessibility, like I, I think we talked about the article or I brought it up at one point and put it in Slack. There is there's a lot there to mm-hmm. let people that are less able than others to play and enjoy this story in this game. And it's, it speaks to the creators and the people involved with this game, how much care and thought they put into it. And it's really cool. Yeah. It's interesting because I'm using some accessibility settings on my light playthrough because Mm -hmm. I just dropped the difficulty all the way to the bottom uh, for my new game. Plus, because one, I want to kind of get more of the story in my mind and have that still still fresh for the spoiler cast, which we have delayed the recording of the spoiler cast a little bit because now that Ethan's playing, we do want to make it a, a three-man show. Uh, so that'll be coming a little later. I'm hoping that we'd maybe do that next week sometime. It should be but, out uh, by next week. We should be able to have it. If, if you guys want to, I should be able to finish pretty quick. Yeah, I turned on some of the accessibility stuff. Like I turned on the auto loot uh, to help me find collectibles. There's actually a sonar setting you can enable for your listen mode. Mm-hmm. So it's the button for listen, which is L1 or R1. And then you press O and it kind of sends out like a Batman Arkham sonar thing. And you can even customize that, like how far you want that sonar to go and how quickly you want the pulse to take. So I have it like one second pulse and 30 meters, which is the furthest out. Hmm. And it'll put little white circles temporarily like in your viewport. And you can see like, oh, there's items over here. And it'll even it works with the 3D audio, too. So they'll ping in the direction of where where they are. Uh, like So which is really cool if with headphones on. And then if you press square, it does the same thing. But for enemies, hmm. unless they're specifically hiding an enemy for like cinematic story, reasons story or whatever. Purposes. Which I, I don't use that one as much because that's not something I need. But it is that's another one was like that's crazy that, that features in there for people that need it. And then yeah, there's a lot of stuff like you can turn off um, weapon sway so your gun doesn't sway back and forth as much, which just makes it easier to shoot things. There's a really intense auto aim setting 
that like just yeah i used that for uncharted 4 it was pretty crazy (laughs) (laughs) it's it's way op for sure it really is uh there's an enhanced dodge which basically makes the dodge window a lot wider when enemies are sprinting at you and trying to attack you, there's a lot more leeway with how quickly you're able to get yeah, out of a, that attack. There was one where you can make enemies not flank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can basically disable parts of the AI. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's pretty crazy. Uh, which I know is good for people that yeah have a much limited, much more limited field of view. Mm-hmm. The accessibility settings are just crazy, and it was I kind of had the thought earlier too that a lot of this stuff is almost some of it fits in to the same like thing where video games used to have cheat codes. You just enable the cheat code and then now you have auto aimer enable the cheat code and you have like this high contrast world or something like that. And that of course made me think, man, it's sad that these days those are the things that get cut either in favor of selling you cheat codes in the form of microtransactions or that they just aren't developed at all. Like no one's allowed to have fun when they're playing a game anymore. Like I miss the things from Uncharted, the earlier ones where you could have the different versions of Drake. You could have like Fat Donut Drake <laughs> or Old Man Drake and all the different costumes you can unlock and stuff. And no, that's in The Last of Us Part Two, obviously, because it really just would not fit the tone. There's a lot of stuff in Uncharted Four, though. Oh, there's a lot. There, yeah, there's tons. like an eight bit mode. Uh, mm-hmm. the, I told you the helium and the xenon voice audio. Oh, that's what you were talking about. Dude, those were freaking Sometimes you hilarious. Say shit in Slack and it's just no context know, at all. I know, and I was I'm like, sorry. what is he? Ta- is this a bit? That so we, yeah, there, well, after you, there's bonuses for the for helium track and and uh, xenon, which is the opposite. So it's got the lower voice. So everybody sounds like a fucking demon. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. There's a setting on Uncharted 4 that they actually ported over to the accessibility features for uh, The Last of Us Part 2. And it's basically a bullet time mode Mm -hmm. where you can turn on a slow down time thing by like just tapping the right side of the touchpad. And it just halves the game speed by like 50 percent. So you can line up shots more easily or or more accurately, like move around enemies and things like that. And there's something like that in Uncharted 4 as well. But that's another one where it's like slow time was like a. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater cheat code (laughs) back in the day. But yeah, the accessibility settings are really, really well done. They're very verbose. And I think that menu is maybe a good framework for people going forward when that accessibility conversation comes back up. Like, Ethan, I know you have different feelings about this. We've talked about this in the past. But I think this is the kind of thing that people are looking for when they're talking about Souls games and like having certain features that you know, maybe you're penalized in some way for using them or whatever, but like this level of accessibility, it, it it shames other games in a big way that like all games should have this kind of stuff somewhere in their menu. It's sad to think about all the situations where you would need these things and then they're just not available in other games. And I'm kind of blows my mind that other people, like people that need these settings and like the last of us are even able to play other games. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some, some games like those, those soul games, you just, you just gotta get good, bro. It's gotta get good. I want a slowdown feature in the Souls games. That's what I want. <laughs> a slowdown feature. What is like a- in, like in a, the last of us part two, like well, let me have put a God speed. mode slider on there for you. No, god mode do don't Slow you know don't you all the time sounds like that's what you want i just wanted to make cool gifts mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. i would the i would munch to dutch or the two munch dutch or whatever that guy on twitter he needs he needs some competition i actually i would love a photo mode in dark souls 3 that would actually be kind of cool 
Yeah, photo mode's another thing every game needs yeah, to have. That would be kind um, of Drew, you finished The Last of Us Part 2. Yeah. I know we talked quite a bit about it last week, so we don't have to go into too much more. But now that the game is over, now that you've completed it, what's your what's your overall take? How are you are you happy with where the game went? Are you disappointed? Did any of the discourse around the game before it came out do you feel like it affected how you feel about the game anything like that uh no absolutely not uh i enjoyed the game through and through uh i find the uh, the the risks they took in the story valid and the twists and turns compelling and engaging uh i i said this last week but the combat's brutal and amazing you know i i posted that video on reddit the other day of blowing those two guys up with an arrow and I, like i just said i was laughing after it and you're like it's not funny that's gross it was um, it's pretty gross it was pretty amazing there's some really intense violence and gore in this game <laughs> yeah it really is but i you know i can uh, i can separate it because i just know it's not real sure but overall, uh, I'd say it was like a 9.5 out of 10 for me. There was definitely like every wow. once in a while, uh, there was very minor graphical issues where like light would shine through the um, uh, the map whenever it wasn't supposed to. Uh, sometimes it would take uh, multiple uh, attempts to like uh, open or grab something whenever it's just like right in front of you. But those were so few and far between. But yeah, I, I highly recommend it. It's great. Uh, I feel like also the controversy behind it is unwarranted. Oh yeah, I think a lot of it's really overblown, and I that's definitely a topic I really want to dive into in the spoiler cast. But yeah, my general thoughts are just I wonder how we'd be talking about this game if that leak had never happened. You know, yeah. I can't trust almost anyone's opinion on the internet about this game. Because so many, they're parrots. They're all parroting each other. They all read the same <laughs> thing and they're going squawk, squawk, squawk. I want to sound interesting and be a part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. And there's so much that you can, t- you can almost read a tweet and tell right away this is someone who just watched the cutscenes that leaked. Yeah. This is not someone who played through the game. And it's like they almost set themselves up for failure sometimes when they decide to get deeper into arguments with people that clearly have played the game. And I, I get playing this like the, like you said, they, they took risks. And depending yeah. on who you are, they may not have paid off for you, which is fair. But some of the stuff being said about the game is just so over the top, like mind bogglingly stupid. It's just angry white dudes on the Internet. It's. That's all it is yeah. whenever you see like yeah, those articles baby. and everything. Yeah. Or not even articles, but just like people making these shitty ass memes. And, uh, uh, you know, especially when the release came out, like every fucking YouTuber on the planet was just like, oh, the last of a story is just this blah, 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 you know? Yeah. And I can't tell because there's even stuff like I saw a part. I thought like the first 10 minutes or so of like the like Angry Joe's review. Mm-hmm. Of course, Dude, he hated it. His, but he his was review also, was like forty-five minutes long, bro. His reviews are usually that long. Well, yeah, that's that's pretty standard that's for him. Fucking too. Like, I don't know. That was like a fucking <laughs> two and a half hour analysis of Last of Us One, Two, and Left Behind the other day. So that, that's I'm, nothing uh, for me. I'm like thirty minutes into that. <laughs> that's one thing. Like, I want to keep watching while I'm going through the Last of Us Two again. I don't do yeah. anything, and even my time isn't worth that little. 
but he was also one of those guys too that like watched all of those leaked scenes because he's trying to generate content for his channel and everything. And I feel like it's just, it was too easy for people to get themselves into that mindset of I'm going to hate this thing way before having any of the context around it. And then at that point, that's just standard human behavior right there. Like it is so difficult to convince somebody that they were wrong about something even when you just have like facts laid bare, like even like that's the whole problem with <laughs> a lot of our political discourse these days is that so many people have already put themselves in, in a, on a side in a bubble. Yeah. In a and box. at that point they, it's like a personal affront. If anything comes out that like is against what they think is the truth. Yeah. And <laughs> it's like a personal well, attack. Yeah, exactly. Like you can't talk about the last of us part two with most people, whether they liked it or not and be on the other side of it and not have like these people get like weirdly aggressive. Like even some of the people that like the game, the way that they talk about it online is just over the top, like way over the top. But I'm sure we'll get into more of that during the spoiler cast. Cause there's, there's a lot about it where it's like, we can't say anything else because we don't, it's, it's intrinsically tied to spoilers for the game. Yeah. Uh, so we'll leave it at that. But drew, you've been uh, getting back into some shooters. You said earlier that uh, you got some of that, some of that itch to the scratching. Yeah. Uh, just cause I wanted something a little more high intensity than the last of us. Not to say that the last of us isn't yeah, intense. It's just a different thing. Goddamn intense, yeah. bro. <laughs> How much more can we crank that dial? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but no, I just been playing Warzone here and occasionally yesterday I had a few good matches. I was playing, uh, with a streamer buddy of mine. And the first match we played, I was, I think I got like nine kills in it and we finished in like the, like the top seven, but it was just a really good match. I had a, few of those last night and then a couple days ago a buddy of mine and i hadn't talked to hit me up and you know we were just catching up and he was asking me what i played and i told him about the last of us i said it was great and i was like what are you into and he's like i've been playing uh division two and mm. um mm. and he's like i've been looking at the show hunt on twitch it looks pretty cool and i was like hunt showdown and he was just like yeah i was like i have it if you want to play it <laughs> so uh we started playing uh pretty much all today uh i've been playing hunt showdown with him I think I read recently it got a fairly substantial update not long ago, didn't it? Yeah, it did. So one of the main things I haven't really delved in like patch notes or anything, but one of the main big things is you can now dual wield pistols. Oh, that's cool. Dual yeah. is always a good thing. Yeah, exactly. And there's some crazy pistols out there. I think I, one of the ones I saw is just like these two auto auto pistols with like the belt clip. But yeah, the games it, it, the game's a lot better now. Now that I'm playing with a friend that just likes to goof around, and we're having you know, enjoying like sneaking around and enjoying the spookiness of it and everything. So, you still scared of randos? I am still scared of randos. Still scared. <laughs> I forgot that was the last time you played the game. You haven't played any multiplayer since then. You're like, no, I can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> this guy just ro- ruined me. He broke me. Well, fucking a, dude. That's some good stuff. Mm-hmm. I hope you continue to enjoy playing the hunt. I know I didn't. <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to Ghost of Tsushima, which finally drops in like less than two weeks now. That's yeah. going to be fun. I think one of the kind of funny guys is doing a stream of it either tomorrow or Saturday. I well, kind of want to sh- check it out. I'll make sure I ignore that. Wait, what? <laughs> He's streaming it? I don't. I thought the embargoes didn't go up until uh, like the 14th. I'm pretty sure. I think I saw Greg post about it, but maybe, you know. Hmm. Something could have happened with them, or they got special permission. That'd, that'd or something. be interesting if he was allowed to stream it already. Mm-hmm. Unless maybe it's like a, we can stream like a certain section of the game. Yeah, that probably could be part of it. Yeah. yeah, 
I need to go in through and finish Final Fantasy X just to get the story done. Because uh, Ethan, I, I don't know if I told you, but I watched that video of the completionist mm-hmm. that you told me about, mm. and it definitely convinced me not to do it. Yeah, yeah. he was. He was. He, was he even went a little more hardcore than he needed to because he got all the Lux spheres, yeah. which is definitely the hardest part. That like you don't even need that for the trophies. Mm-hmm. That's just so you have two fifty five of every stat. He goes. He goes. He goes a little completion crazy but they don't call him the completionist for nothing yeah once he put de- put down the raw numbers where he's like you gotta fight this one enemy hundreds of times you gotta <laughs> yeah. fight this other super boss at least 60 times i was like no never mind yeah, yeah i don't <laughs> i don't know what i was thinking i can't I believe i wasted much time on the no i definitely don't i beat nemesis my childhood like self can be happy about yeah. that and i'll go and uh finish up the story get that last gold trophy and then maybe move on to 10 HD at some point or 10 2 HD at some point. But uh, I've also been really itching because I bought these art books and the uh, Final Fantasy Ultimanium or Ultim- Ult- Ultimania. Ultim- hmm. Ultimanium. Ultimate. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, they're these awesome books that have been around in Japan for a really long time, but they've only recently in the last few years been translated and brought over to the West. And they're basically these like encyclopedias for the final fantasy series and each game gets one. And there's three volumes that have come out in the U S uh, the first one is all about final fantasy one through six. The second volume is seven, eight, and nine, and then 10 through 14 is volume three. And then 15 uh, supposedly is out in the U in the West or Japan already, but it hasn't been translated here. And then of course seven remake is out in Japan, but I've been going through volume one and it's really making me want to play the super nintendo final fantasy games like finally sit down and and actually play those versions i actually so I really like final fantasy one and i didn't play it on like the super nintendo version i played it on like when it, when it, it on, came like, P- psp or, or no, PS1. no no it was uh final fantasy one and two for the game boy advance oh yeah i think that's what i played too well remember the originals of those those were the nintendo entertainment system not the super nintendo I, know, I just remember they released it back on the the advanced at one point because I had the strategy guide for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. one and two have been ported left, right, and yeah, sideways, yeah. like all over the place. I, I think you can get them on your phone too if you wanted. You can. I did have Final Fantasy one on my iPhone like five years ago. Yeah, but I really want to play uh, four and I think five because five was the one that never came out in the U.S. until it came out on like PlayStation One. I think so. That's definitely one I want to get through. But yeah, I've just been having that itch, man, for like some old school, old school RPGs. But I don't know when I'm going to fit it in before Ghost comes out. Would you ever play the Dragon Quest games from the start? I have Dragon Quest one through three on my switch. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I do have those. Yeah. If I, if I picked up one of those, it would have to be a Final Fantasy or Chrono Trigger because I haven't played Chrono Trigger in years. And I would like to replay that as well. Yeah, that's one I never played. and I've always wanted to give it a try. I was just listening to the soundtrack for Chrono Trigger the other day, and that was really what inspired all of this. And then reading these books, I was like, fuck, I need to play Final Fantasy games. <laughs> uh, but guys, we have a review roundup. Not, as, believe it or not, a new game actually came out. Wow. Yep. It's it might be. Well, this and Ghost of Tsushima might be the last new games to come out ever <laughs> because like. 
everything else is I don't believe until it's on store shelves. This could technically still be canceled because it doesn't come out till tomorrow when this podcast is go, goes live. So who knows? First thing this tomorrow morning, they're out. just like, uh, we're delaying this a few weeks. Yeah, they recall every copy they deleted from the internet, remove all the reviews. It's just gone. It's going to get scrubbed. Iron Man VR releases tomorrow on July 3rd, 2020. And it's currently sitting at a 73 on Open Critic with 65% of critics recommending the game. Though I will say, I think I only saw like 18 reviews on there. So not the best polling size. Uh, published by PlayStation. This PlayStation VR exclusive developed by Camouflage. And you'll hate the way that's spelled. We'll get up on your own time. Uh, let you suit up as Iron Man to combat Ghost, who was the villain in Ant-Man and the Wasp, apparently. Yep. Uh, a hacker and anti-corporate activist who repurposes Stark Industries technology to try and topple the company. The six axis rates the game eight out of ten, stating, quote, Marvel's Iron Man VR is a brilliant superhero adventure and one that replicates its star's per- physicality in VR in a truly incredible way. Destructoid seven out of ten review reads, quote, for every few moments in Iron Man VR that gave me an absolute rush, there were several that felt comfortably sterile. And these are all uh, all around seven and eights. I think it's all one five out of ten. Uh, from a guy that just really likes to explore the scale, looking at some of his other reviews. But, um, Drew, are you interested at all in Iron Man VR? I am a little bit. Yeah, me you know, too. I might just wait, you know. <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, if it comes out, maybe I'll like a deal like uh, around the Christmas season, I'll pick it up. But I don't think I'm going to pick it up anytime soon. Yeah, this is a hardcore wait for a sale game as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned. Just most VR titles are, though. It's It's... Not a system that I'm buying a whole lot of brand new stuff, especially because we write seven or eight out of ten for a VR game. That's judged on a curve. Just on the it's on the same curve that we do for our video game movies. Like <laughs> I don't know that a seven out of a ten VR game needs a. a I want to say this is not full price though. Either way, I think it's like forty bucks, mm-hmm. so it's not a sixty dollar game. But yeah, all I all the reviews that I kind of skimmed through did say that the traversal mechanics and like the flight and everything once you get the controls down feels really fucking cool so i am kind of intrigued by that and i think if i i shouldn't say i think i would be surprised if this didn't get a demo just because so many vr games are so good about offering up demos just because one of the first questions a lot of people who play vr ask is like is it gonna make me sick is it gonna make me Am I going to be able to play this for more than 10 minutes at a time? And this is a campaign game that has like a, like 12 missions or so. Like it's at least it's like a 10 hour play time. So you definitely want to know beforehand if you're going to be able to handle the flying and everything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is about what I expected for this game, but just figure out I mentioned it. It's published by PlayStation. So they're uh, they're putting a lot of marketing behind this. But that's it. That's all we got for our review roundup. Ethan, are you going to buy a PlayStation VR for Iron Man VR? No, but I mean, if I had a, a VR, this this would probably be one of the games that I would be wanting to get. Uh, it, here's a comparison point for you. I've heard multiple people say it's better than Arkham Asylum VR. Yeah, right. I, or I, Batman Arkham yeah, VR. I would, I would. Which is another VR game you've played. Said, so, just like, does Friday talk to you? Because that's like. I'm sure. Like, I'd be sold with just that. Like, you just listen. Well, I would assume it's Jarvis or something because this is not MCU. Oh fuck! Yeah, it's probably just Jarvis. This is nothing. It's not tied into the One MCU at 10. all. One <laughs> out of ten. You know what? That VR is really unplayable. Buy, Do not burn it. Said I'm fine. Do not want. Guys, 
How about we dive into some news? News. That's all I got. That's all you got. That's all you need. Yep. Sometimes it's all you need is just to state it bluntly. First off, the BBC reported today that the House of Lords Gambling Committee, which is maybe one of the coolest committees I've ever heard of, in the United Kingdom has decided that video game loot boxes should be regulated as gambling under current laws. Loot boxes constitute games of chance, which would bring them under the Gambling Act of 2005. Quote, if a product looks like gambling and feels like gambling, it should be regulated as gambling. End quote. Lord Grade or Grade, I want to, I like to think it's Grade, uh, chairman of the committee, told BBC Breakfast the Gambling Act was, quote, way behind what was actually happening in the market. End quote. Buddy added that the overwhelming majority of the report's recommendations could be enacted today as they don't require any additional legislation. So basically, they've strongly recommended to Parliament that like loot boxes need to be regulated the same way they do gambling. So we'll see how that shakes up in the next couple of weeks. It's been a while since we talked about the whole loot box thing. But uh, I think the last time there was a big piece of news about it was I know Belgium is made them uh, yeah. decide their gambling because we had that big thing where EA like pulled out all they pulled all their games from sale in Belgium because <laughs> they're like, well, we're not taking them out, so we just won't sell our games here. If it gambles like a dog and it gambles like a dog, <laughs> it's probably a dog gambler. If it's around the corner shaking up the cup and throwing dice, it's probably a dog. It's probably a microtransaction. Next, Bloomberg. Reports that the Harry Potter open world RPG that leaked in 2018 is still in development at Avalanche Studios and is set to release on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X in 2021. Sources within the studio also said that some developers were made uncomfortable by the game's association to J.K. Rowling, given recent comments criticized as transphobic. Mm -hmm. Studio management reportedly hasn't addressed them widely with team members and Rowling herself is said to have had uh, very little involvement with the game. Warner Brothers has planned to announce the Harry Potter project at E3 in June, according to the report, but shifted plans after the press event was canceled due to coronavirus. So it's still happening. Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever see the leaked footage? The, yeah. The old um, leaked footage? I don't. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Two years old at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching it and uh, I don't I've never been a fan of Harry Potter. But when I watched that gameplay, I was like, all right, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I feel like you don't have to be a fan of Harry Potter per se to be like, I want to go to wizarding school in a video game. Yeah, Harry <laughs> Potter doesn't own wizards and magic. I mean, everybody who doesn't want to shoot fire out of a wand, regardless. Exactly. Of, yeah. So in a perfect world, I want Persona Five mixed with Harry Potter and for this game, no. <laughs> I want to have to like go shut, make friends and hang out with oh, people. Fuck you, Ethan. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. I thought you meant like. You wanted like a persona five people at Hogwarts or something, but you want that level of like social I want, like, interaction. Design. And stuff. Yeah, 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 I want to have to like mind. go to class Never and unfuck you. Okay. And okay, then go cool. into like some weird Hogwarts dungeon at night. Yeah. And that, fight that does sound weird ghouls. That does sound pretty cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I imagine it's just, you can like create your own student and then you get sword. Then your ass gets sorted. And I don't know. Slytherin's always up to something because they're the bad people. Let's uh let's design our Harry Potter open world game real quick. I just did. But okay, but Dark so Souls. here's the question though. <laughs> do just you do you let as part of the character creation system your player decide what house they're going to be sorted into? 
as like you're building your class and stuff? That's a or, hard question because oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Or do you give them like stat points and, and personality points and stuff? And that, that depending kind on of, how they pick yeah. them, like it's not to- you're not told, mm-hmm. but it's almost like you're almost like taking a test as you make your cre- yeah. character creator, and then those points are used to the- to sort you in like an in game event. Yeah, as your I would kid like if there was like, for the first time, like you said, like there's like a par for each house, and like once you put your stats and it kind of leans towards one of them, that's what you you kind of get auto put into. But you could, yeah, like I mean, if you're too intelligent. Yeah, and like yeah. Too, you're like a Hufflepuff too rowdy or, or something a or something. Yeah. But I do like the fact that maybe you could just pick and then, you know, in a cinematic, it sorts you into the one that you pick because that could easily be done, too. Maybe you have like both options with difficulty or something. I don't know. Uh, what if they go the Divergent series way and they're just like, oh, he's unsortable because he's such a special character. Oh, no. <laughs> he can't fit no. in any, into any one house. Well, he's got to stay somewhere, though. You, you don't just get, get to live with Hagrid. <laughs> he stays outside. Yeah. Yeah, he, he does stay somewhere. <laughs> he stays in the fucking just lives with, barn. He lives with Hagrid in his shack. Yeah, like, he has to not, live with Hagrid. Yeah, exactly. not, no, Hagrid wakes you up in class every it's day. That's not how it works. Good morning, not, Ethan. No, that's, that's oddly that'd be an odd relationship for a teacher way, as you get as you level up and stuff and your 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 stature or your status within the the school improves at first you have to like help him with his like menial chores around the grounds and eventually you can like get a better i hate this harry potter game already <laughs> <laughs> the, i don't want to make this a harry the potter worst game harry potter game ever <laughs> oh it'd be so good i want it to feel awful i want you to hate your life at Hogwarts in the in my Harry Potter game. Apparently, so does J.K. Rowling. <laughs> next, the cost of your next generation games could be going up across the board, as NBA 2K21 is the first piece of software to announce that the standard edition of the title for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X will be sixty nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Many people, myself included, have said for years that the consumer cost of games is due for a rise thanks to massively increased development costs combined with inflation, with a standard $59.99 price point for console games not moving since the beginning of the Xbox 360 generation in 2005. Which, by the way, I did run the inflation calculator. A $59.99 game in 2005 would cost you $78 and change today. It doesn't make it right. That's how little it's kept up with inflation. The issue around game pricing was discussed by former PlayStation executive Sean Layden during the Game Lab conference last month. Quote, it has been $59 since I started in this business, but the cost of games have gone up 10 times. If you don't have elasticity on the price point, but you have huge volatility on the cost line, the model becomes more difficult. I think this generation is going to see those two imperatives collide. So 10 bucks more for your games. How's that, how's that suit, everybody? I'm not happy. I d- <laughs> Ethan, you don't buy games day one anyway. That's you, you have no horse in that this is, race. I, that is not always true. Fuck you. <laughs> I have I have like, ghosts uh, pre-ordered. I, that, of course you do. Yeah, I felt like this was uh, definitely going to happen. I mean, it's just been a while since you know what. Yeah, it's been more than a decade since uh, you know the price has changed. So, I mean, with more improvements, the prices go up. Yeah, it was really just that Xbox, PS2, GameCube generation. That the prices were fifty bucks for most games, sometimes cheaper, because that was the first time that uh, games had made uh, moved away from cartridges. Yeah, because N sixty four games, if you remember, 
and maybe most some of us might not. I, I don't. only know because I've seen advertisements from back then because we weren't buying. I, know, I didn't have to then. ask my mom how much things cost back then. Those started at like seventy bucks and were upwards of a hundred sometimes. Liar! Especially if it was like one of those fucking like Pokemon Stadium bundles yeah. that came with a game like a, its own hardware and shit. I had that. Yeah, those are, you're looking at ninety dollars for a fucking game back then, and you didn't even get a DLC expansion pack to be disappointed. That's because it was in the game already. <laughs> well, that's what is interesting too about this is that I've already, of course, I've seen some people's comments online. Everyone's ready to burn down every publisher that has the gall to charge seventy dollars for a game. But a lot of games you've been paying that or more for a while now, like you said, Ethan, between. The season passes being twenty to forty dollars a piece, and like like with Ghost of Tsushima, for instance, I bought the digital deluxe edition Which because was... I liked the look of the avatars and the themes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I think it was like ten bucks more, yeah. maybe had like a couple in game items and stuff. And I didn't, though, I chose not to do that for like The Last of Us because right. I didn't want like the digital comic and stuff. Yeah, like so for Ghost, I already paid the seventy bucks, and there's plenty of games too that people buy like a gold edition or whatever. Yeah, but now and you're gonna have to pay eighty, ninety dollars for the deluxe edition. Well, so that's what's interesting is that on the way that NBA Two K Twenty One is priced, the uh, Kobe Bryant Black Mamba edition or whatever. God damn it! I know they got to make that dollar. Oh, um, God, that's awful. It's a hundred bucks on both platforms. Mm-hmm. It did not. It's not ten dollars more for that edition mm-hmm. because, and I think that's part of it is that the industry increased prices a decade ago. It's just most people didn't notice it because the sticker shock is broken well, up into certain, two I points. Mean, certain the base game and the add-ons. Certain deluxe editions and like collectors editions and ultimate editions. Like we've seen those before with like uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey and. Uh, the, what was the one before that origins where they were doing like the standard deluxe ultimate deluxe and then like the full quantum blah 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 whatever like they <laughs> they had you know the, there was one i think that was like upwards of a hundred dollars and you got you know they just kept adding shit on and shit on and shit on i think the hundred dollar one is just that's the standard price for ubisoft's gold edition yeah, which gold is edition. that sounds the base game yeah. plus the forty dollar season that pass. sounds about right nothing yeah. beats though Saint Row or Saint Row Four, I think it was the presidential edition. <laughs> presidential, stupid. Like, there was like a million dollars. I don't think they ever actually sold yeah. one though. <laughs> but it's because that was the one that came with like a gun <laughs> and uh, what <laughs> a ticket to fly on like a somebody's G six. Like, so, <laughs> like, so the the it's what is it? Two K is NBA. Yeah, take two games. Yeah, yeah so 2K. I mean, so what you're gonna have. This $100 edition for, you know, your deluxe or whatever, what you said. And then they're also going to do, like, microtransactions, too? This probably will, yeah, because like, it's just it the NBA games and stuff. Yeah, that Exactly. No, I, I, I see that argument, too. You know, and that's the thing is that, you know, this is obviously – they're the first ones to come out and say it. Yeah. You'll probably see Activision and EA follow suit. Of course, because if, um, if they're going to do it, why not? Yeah, but not every game – it's ten dollars more, and they want to charge you microtransactions. Course, sure, like sure, next sure. gen, like Sony first party titles, will probably end up being seventy dollars as mm. well. This will just be the new standard, and that's that is where the issue gets a little muddy. Is that you know on one side of the coin, I don't mind the games costing more because some of these experiences are vast. They do take a lot to make, and I want that developer to get more of that ch- that dollar out of it, but. 
in reality, especially when you're talking about publishers like EA and Take Two and stuff, the developers probably not seeing any of this additional exactly money. just because the like the whole market this is going straight to the pub yeah, just because the market is busted like we have to pay more like that they it sounds like y'all need to get y'all shit together and you know i don't know it sounds like an industry issue that we're suffering for like i'm all i'm all for get you know the developers and the people well, that actually make the game getting more of a share that's cool but it's not even technically an industry issue take two is the publisher of nba 2k21 they made Grand Theft Auto Five. They make more money than any other publisher in the industry because of GTA. No, Online. I'm saying it's literally like it's their model, like that. They're just oh, they're, no, that's yeah, just exactly. doing it because it makes them money. They don't want to. They don't have to stop. So why would they? Yeah, we got to make more money this year than we did last year. Yeah, that's year, what I'm saying. That's the problem is that like the root of it, not like oh, we got to see more of it or whatever, you know, but like, where does it end? 2030, I got to pay $100 for a standard edition? Where does it end, Travis? <laughs> well, keep in mind, too, though, that like, I mean, what, what what could happen is that the market speaks and you see day one sales for games go down because people don't want to spend $70. They already had trouble spending $60 on mm-hmm. day one for a lot of these games. And so games go on sale faster and they're deeper more deeply discounted and if that's the way that it goes then i mean we might see this reversed technically this is the only game that's been announced to be 70 dollars on next gen it doesn't it has not implied yet that this is the only thing going forward but it's it's a hint that that's what a lot of people are going to start trying to do and yeah the best thing for people to do would be if they don't like that then speak with their wallet and don't buy it problem with that though is that the people buying nba 2k21 on day one or shelling out for the Kobe Bryant edition, don't care. It's like that's the one game they buy a year, so they'll buy it. And so to take two, it looks like perfect. This worked out great. Everyone, our our game sales literally didn't change. People were still buying the microtransactions, blah, blah, blah. That's fair, yeah. Because there are games where it's like, I would have paid 80 bucks for The Last of Us Part Two If that was what it said, and I got the experience that I got out of it, I would have happily paid that amount. So I didn't because it was sixty dollars. <laughs> I am on the opposite. I think the whole reason I haven't purchased it yet is because I don't want to pay sixty dollars for a game. I'm gonna play probably once, and like you said, probably less than twenty four hours out of it, and I'm never gonna probably touch it again. And I, I, I'm sorry. I understand like all the flaws with that argument and that that yeah. whole mindset. But I don't buy into the entertainment per hour divider where it's like $60 divided by how many hours I'm going to get out of it. And it's got to hit at least this number. At this, like, I understand. But at the same time, I mean, if I pay $60, I want more than a 12 hour experience. I mean, I know, again, I understand. What if we made it 80 hours, but you do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, like you do when you play Warzone and Apex? But that's like that. That's the gameplay. That's a different. You get 100 hour experiences for free now. It's a different gameplay loop, though. It's just it's just different. Like you could say the same thing about like me playing a Souls game, you know, a 40 hour game. But then I just replay it over again and just do something slightly different. I don't. I, yeah, speak with your wallet, man. Yeah, That's all I we can know. do. Like, I feel, That's all we can do. I feel bad because I know that The Last of Us Part Two is worth, you know, $60. I understand that. But I just, I'm just going to play it so quick and then I'm just never going to do it again. Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry, people. Like, I'm, Neil well, Drucker, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Depending on the game, we feel the same way. Like, that, I, 
as much as I enjoyed Jedi Fallen Order, I'm so glad I red boxed it. I would have been pit- and that was one you paid full price and for. I, and, and I was I, like, uh, uh, I wouldn't have paid full and price. I regretted for that. that. I honestly, I completely, in the end, after beating that game and seeing the replayability and yada yada yada, I also regret paying. You know that. Yes. Yeah, it's just yeah. The replayability argument is fair for me, I think, and I guess it does come down to something similar as to like when I decide to buy a movie on Blu-ray. Like I'm not going to buy Die Hard 4 on Blu-ray because I'm going to watch it once and I'm never going to watch it again versus something like like 2001 A Space Odyssey. I'm looking at my Blu-ray collection to see like what do I actually own right now. Like that's one I was happy to buy because I'm going to watch that like once a year. Something like The Last of Us I will probably play multiple times. Like the first Last of Us I've played multiple times. The Uncharted Collection, I've played each of those games multiple times, so I don't mind that I had paid full price for those titles. I'm not going to lie. I love the story so much in Uncharted 4, and there are so many different climbable paths that you could take, and there were so many times where I'm like, I could have gone that way, and it might have been different that I might, I could see myself playing Uncharted 4 again, and I haven't beaten The Last of Us Part 2, so I could feel the same way at the end. I really should hold off saying anything definitive until after I'm finished with it. Yeah, because because uh, you've already said I think you said on the show. I know we talked about it that you're playing on the lowest difficulty for The Last of Us Part Two just to experience the story. I was and so going to, but it. it had very light and light, so I just went with light uh, instead of light. I mean, honestly, mo- like I said, moderate was what I played on. It was like a 24 hours. I probably could have done. Yeah, I just and yeah. that was me like scrounging for collectibles and mm-hmm. stuff, and still missed a lot. So like if you could probably easily do moderate and then as long as you're you're set on your equipment and stuff and, and it's the same thing too is if you play stealthier then you don't need to scrounge for materials as much because you're not using as much in combat so it it just helps but if you want to run and gun then it's like yeah I got to check every yeah, fucking I room think, because I'm out I of think pistol the main ammo. reason I usually go for the light one on this one is to vo- uh, to avoid like extra unnecessary deaths you know, I hit like a small wall where I die over and over and over again because I'm just trying to figure it out or something because maybe the enemy is a little too smart with the lower difficulty. I kind of just, you know, blaze through it. A I think bit. you'll have enough freedom, though, with the level design in Last of Us 2 that you don't have to worry about that because yeah. there are so many times and Drew can probably speak to this, too, depending on his play style. They're like, oh, shit, I got into a situation. Maybe I wasn't like I didn't. I saw one enemy and now like three more have run up behind that. Like I couldn't see with my listen mode before. Let me bust the fuck out of here. And you could just dart away and like dive behind a wall or or go prone into some grass and you can hide. And they're very quick to be like, fuck, we lost him. And then they start like going into their search mode again and stuff. So. As long as you're not too stubborn in your playing, they're like, no, I will get through this fight. I, I will beat them. They, I only have a sliver of health left, but I'll be able to get this last swing with my knife in and then duck away. As long as you play cautiously enough, you'll probably be OK. But yeah, because that was just something I noticed in my moderate playthrough. And then that's another thing with The Last of Us and these kind of games as well, where playing it is almost like just watching a really excellent miniseries. And there's replayability just if you want to go back and experience that story again. But then also once you start cranking up the difficulty levels and everything, and it forces you to play differently, 
to me, it is when it pushes into the like, Dark Souls area where it's like, oh, can I get through encounters and all stealthy and stuff? And or, oh, can I get through here with no deaths? That's how I felt like when I was finished with the first Last of Us where I was like, oh, you know, maybe I will go back and play this on a harder difficulty and and try to be like more crafty and actually stealthy and have to suffer. Because the, the difficulty I played on the first one, I, I had more shivs than I knew what to do with. I could have, you know, <laughs> been throwing shivs left and right as throwing knives, but game didn't let me do that. So I, yeah. I always said that I'd go back and do that, but I, I, I never have. Still might, but the, the desire lessens as, as I get older and older with each passing second. Well, eventually you might just be like, I want to I want to see that story again. Yeah. And then that's what makes you turn it on. You know, usually at the end of the year, maybe I'll, I'll get that weird itch where I just want to platinum four new four games that I played already. Yeah. like Financial reasons come into it. And yeah, the replayability argument is incredibly valid. But I, I just think for me, it wasn't the end of the world when I saw this. If anything, I was like, well. There's only a few games that come out every year that I feel like I need day one. And then anything else goes on sale within like two to three months for down to 45 bucks or whatever. And boom, now you're not spending 70. So I don't know. Next, Microsoft will hold its Xbox Series X first party video game showcase on July 23rd. According to journalist Jeff Grubb and publication Video Games Chronicle. Microsoft has said there will be some 30 third party software shown off as well. But of course, the star of the show will be the first reveal of Halo Infinite gameplay. The initiative, the newly formed Xbox Game Studio, will also show off what they've been working on with a team consisting of veteran creatives from God of War, uh, the most recent God of War, uh, Uncharted, and the recent Tomb Raider series. Hype levels for the Xbox event. Ethan, don't even answer. Andrew, how are you feeling? Do you Are you excited to see some new games? I mean, no. I don't really care. No? Yeah. Not at all? Yeah. Like, yeah, you're not in the least bit excited to see Halo Infinite. I mean, I'm curious. I wouldn't say I'm excited. Like, I mean, I, I Halo series to me has always been it's good, but, you know, I it never really like blew me out of the water. I mean, Halo three was my favorite out of the bunch, but, you know, I never played four or five. So what about this uh, new game from the initiative who is a the newly formed studio this is the one that they announced had been formed i believe e3 2018 or 2019 and i mean they got a some some pedigree among the people that are working on this this mystery title not not excited to see even some new ip or anything because keep in mind anything that comes out you get it on game pass and you'll be able to play it on your computer don't even need a series x for these i mean it's interesting like of course like uh they're gonna have like third-party titles because that's basically what xbox is right now i mean if there's something in there that blows me away i I mean i i don't know i just don't know what to expect from there but as for like the initiative this is definitely interesting it definitely feels like they're trying to make their their version of a naughty dog game with uh who they with uh who they've hired but you know we'll just wait and see I know it sounded like I was egging you on. I was trying to get something out of you, but we basically feel the same way. Like my hype levels are, are fairly measured. I would say like I'm going to watch this event mostly just out of raw curiosity. Like I, I want to see Microsoft pop out some cool new IP. I would love for there to be a second platform alongside PlayStation where it's like awesome. Like just some like big Hollywood triple a budget games that aren't gears of war <laughs> you know like <laughs> i i always hope that microsoft does well i always want them to do well because i want i want to keep that fire lit underneath 
Sony. And obviously they with that fire with regard to the services. But like you said, it's been mostly about third party games and how those run on Xbox for the last few years now. So <laughs> and even with like the first reveal of the Xbox uh, Series X and it was just like, look how well you can swap between all these third party apps, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Hey, they had Hellblade on there, which technically was the first Hellblade and it was multi-platform, but the second <laughs> one won't be. The second one will not be. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I, I'm just excited for new games. It's always that there's always like a base level of excitement for like even conferences. I don't care about necessarily. I'm still excited because it's new games. Next up, PlayStation has launched PlayStation Indies, a new initiative led by Shuhei Yoshida to spotlight a selection of indie titles published on the platform. On the PlayStation blog, nine new titles have debuted with trailers and details such as Recompile. This one looks really cool. A hacking themed platformer. Yeah, uh, I saw that. That that was one of the ones that really did stand out. Yeah. Action platformer Fist which is F-I-S-T dot in between each of them forged in shadow torch, which they should have just gone with fist. I didn't need to know that it meant that dumb name, but you play a battle hardened bunny with a giant metal fist. <laughs> I mean, it'll, I be interesting. it'll be interesting to see what actually the gameplay is, but uh, there was I a mean, couple of gameplay clips in there. Like you oh, can see there? a little okay. bit of it. Yeah. It's like a, it looked like a third person action game almost. Okay. Uh, it looks cool. I like the I like the art style a lot. Yeah. Uh, and another one called Heavenly Bodies, which is a co uh, couch co op physics adventure set in space. So this one looked like it was a kind of set in like a space station of sorts, and you're working together to solve puzzles and stuff that are all physics based and relying on gravity and things like yeah. that. Yeah, like neat. one of the things they showed in the trailer was like a guy trying to throw like a rope for a battery and, and plug it in uh, above him. Yeah, so you actually watched this trailer. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm glad someone else caught it. Yeah, uh, well, I just caught like uh, snippets of them when they like PlayStation highlighted them on their highlights. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was the video that was on the blog post was just the trailer. It was like, here's all nine of them. Um, also part of the initiative is a new indie title coming to PlayStation now every month, starting with Hello Neighbor in July or, or for July because we're in July now. But uh, this is cool. Uh Shuhei Yoshida, that was his big, like, kind of horizontal promotion, I guess you could say, when he moved from being the head of Worldwide Studios to leading this uh, indie initiative for PlayStation. You know, going into a new generation of consoles, I think that's always really, really important is to highlight these smaller games and stuff, maybe even more so now that we just had that conversation about AAA games being 70 bucks now. People are going to be looking for cheaper experiences and things to do and get into. And uh, surprisingly enough, a few of these, like I know uh, recompile and heavenly bodies both talked about this in their individual blog posts, but they're actually being designed with the, the dual sense controller as well. So some of these indies that are getting boosted by PlayStation a bit might actually be the ones that take more unique advantage of some of the, the weirder features of the system. So that's something to look forward to for sure. But you know, they did the same thing around the PlayStation 4 launch when, you know, a lot of these bigger first party games and the third party AAA games are they take a lot longer to make. And so you need games to put on your system. And a lot of these indies kind of neatly fill that place. So I'm very excited. Definitely go look at that trailer. Uh, see if anything looks cool to you. We're probably going to be seeing a lot more indie games coming out and getting uh, spotlighted over the next year or so just because. It's a lot easier to coordinate a team of 10 to 15 people 
over the internet <laughs> that it is a uh, 200 person studio trying to make <laughs> another Hollywood blockbuster. Next, Square Enix stated during a shareholder meeting held on June 24th that several of the games that they were planning to announce at EA 20 uh, E3 2020 will still will still see announcements throughout July and August. Uh, so Final Fantasy 16, get ready. <laughs> it's coming. Never going to happen. It's going to happen. What Hold do you mean never going to happen? You get to sit here right now and you can tell me that they're done with Final Fantasy. They just No, they're going to go they're just going to go straight to 17. They're going to skip yeah. 16 to an unlucky yeah. number in Japan. I almost thought you were going to say no. Now they're just going to start remaking all the Final <laughs> Fantasies again. They're going to they're going to start it is all Dude, from oh 1 to 15. God. We're just going to do a new every every cycle Jeez. it'll repeat. Like okay, well it's been 30 years. We just released Final Fantasy 15 remake. Start again. Now it's time to do Final Let's Fantasy One Mega Ultimate yeah. HD remake, and we'll get the cycle going. Yeah, I, I took a look because it's hard for me to keep up with which studios Square Enix owns anymore, and both Eidos Montreal and Crystal Dynamics; those two are the ones working on the Avengers game, which will be done in the fall, assuming it doesn't get moved again. I think it's current date is September or something like that. But I think both of those studios are big enough to have another team. So I'm kind of hoping maybe we hear something about Deus Ex this year. I want to see <laughs> that get brought back. But besides that, Final Fantasy 16 is pretty much a sure thing. Uh, they can't help themselves but to reveal it way too early. <laughs> and then uh, maybe that Kingdom Hearts game. What, I, I, I don't know. I keep saying the- MOM. I keep seeing that online. Uh, the rhythm game? No. Oh shit! Maybe that was the rhythm game because Dark Road's already out, and then yeah, the rhythm game was whatever M O M was. I forgot. Something. Melody of yeah. memories. Memory. Something the, like damn. The there you go. Of melodies or Andrew, you almost sound like you play Kingdom Hearts games, man. Did you play? Did, I did at one point. Did you, did you start Dark Road? <laughs> you should start Dark. We can play together. <laughs> Is that no. something we can play together? No, I'll download Dark Road. Download it, man. I got it on my phone right now. I'll Dark Road the shit out of yeah. you. We mean you have it on your phone. You haven't even played yes, it. Yes, I did. I started it up. I told you this last well, week. Well, then how do you not know if I can play with you Because I don't know if it's like a, 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 I don't know, a multiplayer game. I just, I don't know. It's fucking. Get back to me on that. Get back. You started up. Give me some details. I'll, I'll play some fucking get co-op Kingdom Hearts, bro. I'll play the shit out of that. <laughs> After I borrow your 3DS. I gotta. I, I still need to do that. I think I'll borrow that from you when I uh, drop off your birthday presents. I'm, so, I'm still technically so, in two-week quarantine for myself. I mean, I'm technically in two-week quarantine, too. Do you want to po- postpone your your birthday? No, I was, we're just going to do – I thought we would do a, a door a door exchange. Yeah, just leave the 3DS sanitized and outside on your porch. I'll pick it up, and I'll leave your gifts on the porch, and then I'll, I'll tell you, hey, you can get them from the porch, and I'll, I'll – yeah. I see a 3DS. Okay. I have things okay, to do. Calm down. I'm calm. I'm totally calm. What you, how are you going to play? Oh, we'll talk about this later. How am I going to what? Nothing. We'll talk about it later. How am I going to play the 3DS? We'll talk about it later. Or the games I want to play. That, yes. But we'll talk about it. I'll probably buy them. Okay. <laughs> what kind of fucking question is that? How are you going to play the game? I'm going to spend money that marketplaces accept as, as a form of currency in order to buy the goods and services that I need to play the game that I'm interested in. I'm going to support the United States economy. That's what I'm going to do. Next up, The Last of Us Part 2 is officially the best-selling and fastest-selling PlayStation-exclusive title of all time. 
selling through over 4 million units in just three days after launch. That's insane. But please clap. Yeah. Please clap. Well uh, it beat Uncharted 4 by just 1%. <laughs> oh, so that's there's impressive. just as many Naughty Dog fans as now as there were in 2016, I guess. But uh, yeah, that's crazy. I I will say I did not realize this franchise was quite that big. I knew Uncharted 4 was because it's been around for a lot longer, but the second game like have beaten that. That's pretty crazy. And then, you know, a lot of people's worry before it came out was if uh, those leaks were going to affect it at all. And I think the answer is just unequivocally no. It, yeah. it did not. And no one gave a shit about the leaks. <laughs> if you were excited about this game, you were going to get it. Yeah, that was my feeling. Like I, and of course, you you saw the vocal minority of people that were like I saw what the story's gonna be, and I won't support this, and I've canceled my pre order. And I'm like, fuck you, you didn't have this game pre ordered, you <laughs> fucking liar. No one does that. No one does that. Stupid people do that. But yeah, best selling PlayStation exclusive title, pretty crazy. Big swan song for them. Can't wait to see what happens next. Let's see, new IP. Or another Last of Us game? I mean, they could do another Last of Us game, but I don't know if I would. They could do another Uncharted game. Yeah, they could do another Uncharted game like you guys were talking about before. Maybe I'd like to see another IP. Brand new IP? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ethan? Uh, do you like the idea of more sequels or do you want to see them get more creative? I have, I mean, I, I haven't finished The Last of Us Part 2, so I can't really... I don't know, because I could like at the end, I could be like, oh, fucking more, more, more. But also I could be like, no, that was a nice little. Well, so my question is, which one would. Well, I guess. Yeah, I guess it works both ways. I I was going to say more. What do you think Naughty Dog would do based on what they've said about the games and their itch to to do new things or not to do new things? Uh, That's, I guess, what my question was. But I. I guess it's probably the same answer. Yeah, because I, I don't know where their mindset is after they've finished the Last of Us Part Two, because that's where their heads are at. They finished it. Their 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 minds are fresh, or maybe they're you know thinking about. I don't know. I got let me let me finish the game. I mean, I will say that personally, I hope that they do, and I think that they'll do a new IP instead. I still think we could easily get a Last of Us Part Three, but I think they're the type of studio that they don't want to put all their eggs in one basket for too long. Cause even like uncharted three came out and then the last of us and then uncharted four and then the last of us part two, like they, they went back and forth once that new IP had been developed. My only issue. Well, I guess not even an issue. Cause the, the other big thing is how long development times are. We had th- three uncharted games and the last of us on the PS three. And then we had two uncharted games and the last of us on the PS four. So they didn't have, they didn't pop out quite as many games that this generation but I wonder if, yeah, if they could pull it off, if they could do it, if they could be a two IP studio, I would prefer that very much. But whatever they do next, I'm sure will be awesome. Just like the last of us part two was next. Our final piece of news for today. It's a short episode. It's a very short episode. Crisis remastered has been delayed after fan outrage over the visual quality shown in the trailer that leaked early on Microsoft store last week, I think. Uh, with a release date of July 23rd, 
Though the trailer touts the game as being fully remastered with the latest CryEngine features, many viewers noted how similar the game appears compared to its 2007 visuals, with the remaster running at potentially lower graphical settings than the game could muster on its original release. So that outrage was pretty significant, it looks like. (laughs) I mean, uh, yeah, if you're going to try and go for a remaster of one of the most beautiful games ever, and it's not looking up to snuff in the trailer, yeah, people are going to tell you about it. Maybe not even the most beautiful, but also, I mean, that's part of it. But being such a memed game, like the whole can it run crisis, it has to be. They even say that in their Twitter update. Like, we know you guys expect a PC and console busting game. And I was like, okay, maybe not that hard. I I don't want to boot this (laughs) thing up and it looks so good that it's running like 15 frames per second or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it definitely <laughs> they needed to put a little more care behind it. And especially I think they got people so worked up because that first piece of key art that was teased at the end of like their engine demo last year was like this beautiful shot of the beach from Crisis One with all this crazy volumetric lighting and everything. And it looked amazing. And then what the trailer was just like, it looked like Crisis PC running at 1080p. <laughs> so. Yeah, it, and also I have to wonder what they're even going to be able to do. Like the game's done, clearly. It was going to come out this month. I don't expect them to be going back to the drawing board and like actually changing it. Because did either of you happen to watch that trailer that leaked? Mm. I'm kind of I'm skipping through it right now. Yeah, it's just it doesn't look bad, but it it's, it doesn't look like a remaster. It looks like your typical resolution bump where we just ported it to a new system and well, it's also cranked up the res. Uh, well, this was leaked, but it's also just like, why would you release like a trailer in, in 1080? I feel like that they would be going for like a 4K, 1440p area. Well, yeah, I think that is because uh, I don't know. I don't know if the Microsoft Store does 4K trailers because this is basically the trailer that when you like pull up a game on the Xbox Store, this and is what it plays. automatically starts playing a video. Yeah, I think it got ripped from there somehow. So I, I think that's part of it. But even disregarding like, yeah, the compression and stuff, it just doesn't look particularly interesting yeah yeah so it'll be interesting to see what they come up with <laughs> yeah crisis remastered we're sorry edition <laughs> we're sorry <laughs> also it's gonna be 70 dollars. <laughs> well boys that's everything i got for you this week is it that's nothing it. nothing else nothing i got nothing, nothing else gosh. man just been so wrapped up with The Last of Us Part 2. I think all the journalists were, too, because like, yeah. there's no real news this week. Yeah. Just nothing happening. We're still in that dull area, man, where everyone's just – now everyone's waiting for that Xbox just event. Twitch drama, man. Oh, yeah, tons oh, of Twitch drama. Yeah. I don't even want to get into oh, all dude, that. I love just... watching uh, the Ninja's Wife and XQCQ or whatever. Oh, I saw I saw something about it on live stream fails, but I was just like, this just seems like stupid drama that I don't want to get into. Yeah. I mean, I, I I thought y'all were talking about today's drama, what happened which today? was, oh man, I, uh, I, I I'll send it to you on Slack. It's all it's something I don't even want to bring up was, on the I show. It's, it's I think like, I know what you're talking I about. I saw that WoW uh, WoW player. Um, nope, no, not even that. It's this worse. Is, that was no, yeah. that was just um, unfortunate and sad. That wasn't really like. Oh, was that the uh, Byron? Uh, yeah. I think that might have been yeah. Redfall or whatever his name was. Yeah, that's yeah. sad. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it that's is. just sad. Yeah, well, I don't want to end on a sad note. Hey, man. I want to end on something happy. That's that's, that's so, the world right now, yeah, especially. That's the world. <laughs> but that's not why people come here. They come 
to the Absent Minded Podcast for the for the happy times, for the good news, for the video game details and reviews and all that good stuff. And this has been episode 56 of that Absent Minded Podcast. Make sure you head on over to AbsentMindedPodcast.com where you can always find the latest episodes of the main show and Absent Minded Watches or leave us a voice message with a question, comment, or topic of discussion that we might play on the air or to donate $1, $5, or $10 via the listener support program or you can write into us at questions at AbsentMindedPodcast.com. Also, don't forget to follow us on all of the social medias. I have been your host, Travis Stockton, at Ray Charlesard. With me, as always, on the other side of the internet is Ethan Newell. Hey, wear a mask. At Souls Bjorn. I feel like sometimes when I get Revan, I'm almost, I got that auctioneer tone. You did kind of, yeah, you <laughs> did kind of do that. You said, on the other side of the internet, Ethan Newell, very, very smoothly. It was impressive. Thank you. Appreciate you that. need to go into voiceover. I, I should, shouldn't I? Mm-hmm. Night dog, get at me. And on the other other side of the internet is Andrew Crandall. See you next time, guys. At Andrew Loves Video Games. Everyone, wear your masks. Stay six feet apart. Don't go to the beaches because most of them are probably going to be shut down. Have a happy July 4th celebrating America being number one in coronavirus. Happy birthday to me on the 5th. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Happy birthday birthday to to our boy. I'm a dirty old man now. Be sure to send him some sweet, nasty love on the Twitters and the Instagrams. That's all I got for you. Until next time, keep it sleazy.